good morning and welcome to the Continental Breakfast. You'll be getting this on Sunday the 20th of June as you're down to your brunch or your early breakfast or whatever you're at. Um, this is brought to you by the Football Bible Pod. It's just myself and Brent tonight. Hello, Brenton. Good evening. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Hope <laughs> you had having a good weekend. Um, some great football to talk about both happened and coming, so... Um, Excited, yeah, and it's Father, it's Father's Day as well for some of you. So happy Father's uh, Day! Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, and all the mas that are brilliant dads too. Um, so um, yeah, it's just us two tonight. The rest of the lads are all uh, they're all out gallivanting, I think, hmm. um, around the place. So we today's games uh, threw up quite a few strange results. Um, maybe the least strange was the. The, the boring draw in the evening there between uh, Spain and, and Poland, but we'll touch on that in a minute. But group of death, um, surely threw up some weird results. Hungary almost beaten France, which would have been nuts. Managed to hold out for a draw, and then hello Germany. Brenton, they have arrived in the tournament. Yes, um, I I want to get out ahead of it. I know people are probably tuning in. Um, the worldwide media are probably tuning in to, <laughs> to hear my apology to to Hungary, and it's coming. It's coming early in the pod. Um, fair play to them. I <laughs> I think I said last night, and that's not a direct quote, but it was something like they may as well not play. Um, yeah, I think I think and, it is just something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely shocking for me. Um, just shows you that tournament football, um, home crowd behind them. Um, obviously, different schools of thought on that, but um, it obviously it made a difference against the world champions. They were up for it, and yeah, got themselves um, a draw and looked for a while like they were going to get a win. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, still in it. Hungary still in it at this stage in, in, in the group of death. So uh, I don't know if many people would have predicted that after two games. So fair play to them. I formally apologise. Um, and let's see what they can do against Germany. See, see, it's it's a weird one as well with, with Hungary because because they're the minnows of the group. Um, this is for me just personally. And, and because obviously I, I was in Budapest and absolutely loved the place. Just had such a great time. You sort of want them to do well, and then you just sort of read into more what's been going on in the country. And I know yeah. people say keep politics are a sport, but I, I I completely disagree with that. I think politics and sports are perfect. A marriage made in heaven. I think it goes perfectly well together. And and if you read into it more, you'll see how, how well they intertwine. And you see what's been do what's been getting done by some uh, a majority of the Hungarian fans. And like even today, they protested a large number of them before the game. Um, about taking the knee and 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 there was taunts and stuff and and supposedly things being said in the last two games and it's hard then to want them to do well, um. Yeah. But then you like and 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 yeah, there's a packed stadium too, which is just nuts to be watching and hearing. But credit to the players, not to take it away from like they weren't the fans today or they 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 haven't been saying anything. But credit to the players today from Hungary for for putting up to the world champions and making France look really ordinary at times and. And taking the lead through Viola and then, like, looking good quite goal, solid dude. for a while. Yeah, really good goal. And, and then looking solid as well. And France had to dig deep to come back into it. But 
they get the type of result that I know a lot of people were maybe saying, like even on, on Five Live and, and different things, people were saying like this maybe shows France's weak point here and maybe France aren't the team that everyone thinks they're going to be. But I kind of think this might be the moment, a little moment that maybe wakes France back up. And yeah. going forward, like I know they play Portugal now on is it Wednesday night. I yeah. fear for Portugal going into that game. Yeah, I think it was maybe, first of all, quickly, very quickly, um, on Hungary. Um, yeah, that is a, um, it's kind of a strange balance with them being the minnows in that group. And you obviously want them to throw a few surprises, but then, you know, all the stuff around, um, just the country and the fans in general and, and the taking the knee thing and, um, I think the German FA have actually requested that the Allianz Arena be lit up um, in the rainbow colours um, yeah. to to protest against the which will be class. Um, it'd be unreal. It'd be great to see that. Um, I don't yet know the status of that, but um, we'll keep an eye on it and hopefully that happens. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know it's hard to it's hard to root for them. I think Steve maybe touched on that um in one of the previous pods um and especially you know against some of these countries that have you know you would you would see them as probably being we would see them as probably being more normal and and more liberal and kind of just considerate and um in line with our our thinking you know i think it's kind of speak for all the lads on the bubble when i say that so um yeah, it's tough sometimes to to associate yourself with that, but um, as you said, the players. If you're strict, speaking strictly about the players, like um, they really put in a shift today. Um, limited France to I think it was three or four shots, you know, um, and looked dangerous as as you said. The the goal was on the counter, and they looked, you know, like they they could threaten again. So. Um, fair play to the players, and you know what? If they can do that against France, you know we've we've seen Germany fall to to North Macedonia in the last couple of months. So you know why not Hungary as well? Yeah, I, it that's really well said, and and, and and you're right. The whole pod echoes those thoughts. Like, and it is hard to like when when you see such effort from the Hungarian players today. To then be coming on and saying, well, actually, really and truthfully, like I'll say, it, like you want them slapped because of the way the the fans yeah. are getting on. Like you, you want to see them get get thumped and those fans get no enjoyment. And I know a lot of people are making a big deal out of the fans in in all black. I'll look at these and all together. And actually, when you read into it and deep dive into it, then you kind of see there's a bit of a nastiness behind that. And I would just anyone listening to this pod that maybe hasn't paid any attention to any of that going on. Which is normal. Like you're not, you're not everyone's expected to read up on everything. Then I probably would go and check out maybe some of the backstories to what's going on there, and then making up your own opinion on things. But back to the game, Antoine Griezmann again, unreal for France. I think that's Amy Lawrence has a piece in the Athletic. I think it's 50 consecutive games now he's played for France, and he get he gets his goal, but he's such he's so more than a goal and. I, I'm a big fan of Greasy. I remember when we were to, to doing the World Cup and talking about it. Like I, I adored him. I wanted him to do so well for France. And, and there was a time where I wanted Liverpool to pip Barcelona to get them. And I still would take him off at Liverpool. But 
he just he turns up for France and he's like a completely different person that plays in the league at the minute. Yeah, he's um <clears throat> he's a really he's a really hard worker, um, as well as yeah. being super talented, um, which I really like about him. And I think that was probably the um sort of the main feature of his game uh in the win against Germany. I think I came on here straight away after and you know said I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch for France. Um because he was working back he um was doing the, the dirty work that you wouldn't really normally associate with a player, you know, of his caliber and, and uh, in his position. Um and then, you know, there again today he he was the one who, you know, obviously it was good work done down the right, but he was the one in a similar position to Wayne Alden when, when he got his goal in the first Dutch game. Um, you know, the ball just came out to him and kept his head. Um, good finish. Got his team, you know, sort of spurred their blushes a bit. So, um, been really impressed with him again. He, he just loves major tournaments for his country, it seems. And, you know, there was a couple of times as well after the goal that, that France threatened. Um, and he was at the heart of it, you know, picking up the ball, kind of, uh, just, he was dropping in a wee bit, picking up the ball, turning and, and picking out some lovely passes to, to Mbappe. Uh, France, you know, I don't really have any any fear about them after that result. I think it's probably, as you said, more than likely a bit of a blip, bit of a wake-up call. And we'll see them We'll see them probably much better against Portugal. One final thing on the game. Uh, Griezmann was being interviewed afterwards. And he said just how amazing it was to play in front of a full house. Because, I mean, he hasn't. A lot of those players haven't in about 18 months, and he said it, it did have an effect actually on um, on the French players to to be facing this and have such an, uh, like a partisan and, and raucous atmosphere. And my thing would be, and this is just me being, um, I can't even remember what the word is, but just being towards uh, UEFA, um, they'll probably hear that and think, okay. Well, they want to move the games. That's sort of the rumor to Budapest anyway, because because they'll they'll say it's because of the variant and different things, but it's because they want to get more people into the, into the into the stands. Yeah. And him them hearing that, I wouldn't be surprised if things like that are what swings it for them. And and you'll see in a couple of days' time, which we'll touch on in this podcast if it does happen, that the semi-finals and final are will be moved uh, to Budapest. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. It'll be interesting what happens. In the other game, in Group It'd be interesting F, to hear about uh, the, what the FA think of that as well. I they'll be absolutely fuming, but um, I mean, the, there's been a rise in cases in COVID again in England, so maybe it mightn't be a bad thing just to to move it and and look, just get the tournament done and whatever then. But like, we don't make those decisions. Um, the other game in Group F, Brenton was probably the game of the tournament so far between yeah, Portugal. Yeah. Portugal and Germany. Portugal came, like Germany came flying out of the blocks um, for the first fifteen minutes, and then Portugal sucker punched them. Ronaldo clearance and the counter attack involving uh, Bernardo Silva, Diogo Jota with the assist, and then Ronaldo uh, f- uh, slid it home. And you sort of thought from then, Brenton, that Germany had huffed and puffed fifteen minutes. Portugal sucker punched them. This game's going to settle down. And you and I thought I knew you're going to see Portugal take control of this game, 
and grind out a result here, and I was very wrong. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> that's so weird because I thought similar. Um, I thought it's a. I love. I think everyone probably knows at this stage. I love Ronaldo. Um, I think he's unbelievable. Not a not an unpopular opinion, but um, it was. It was great to see Germany sort of fly out of the blocks like that and, and see them um, attacking and with a bit of flair. We saw them quite, um, they weren't like that in the in the French game. They were a bit more cautious, I think. Um, but once I saw that goal going in, Ronaldo's goal going in, amazing goal, like after he cleared it and he bombed forward and got on the end of it. Yeah. Um, I thought, uh, uh-oh, this is going to, kill the game off in terms of it being open and it being um, entertaining because we've seen Portugal in major tournaments so many times like take a lead and just you know stifle the opposition and uh, just grind out a 1-0 or a 1-8 or something but um, I think Germany were just so forward thinking that it was it looked like they were going to score straight away after that and they had a few chances. Um, Havertz went into the middle, and I do think that was important. He he caused um, Diaz, especially um, not for the first time this season, but he, <laughs> um, you know, issues, and he got up against them. And you know, actually, that's obviously what made Diaz put the ball into his own net for the for the first goal. Uh, similar again, Muller found Havertz with a lovely ball for the second goal um, and again, getting players into the six-yard box. Um, I thought Germany did that really well today compared to the French game. You know, they, I think we said that they they played some nice stuff against France, but just in, inside the box, there wasn't enough support and there wasn't what we were calling out for a number nine. Um, but they got numbers in, and I thought they looked great today. It was really good watching Germany. Goosens was was outstanding. Uh, I don't know if he got man of the match. He should have, like, he uh, if he didn't. He did. Yeah. Um, but and just on I that, Britain, I think yeah. that's eleven man of the match awards now have gone to Syria. Okay, great. That. Lukaku was two, and, and so that's so ten. I think it's ten different players, possibly or nine. Have been given man of the match awards from Syria uh, in this year's Euros, which is quite a defeat when you th- people used to write Syria off, and and now it seems to be on the way back. Yeah, it's it's taken a real, um, or sorry, it's it's got a real renaissance, um, and you know the 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 players have have deserved it. The um, I think um, they were saying about. Goosens that he, he was the only German player in the squad not to play in the Bundesliga, which I thought was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he was he was great. He was, and then there was the, you know, Portugal got the goal back with kind of twenty five minutes to go or something, and uh, there was a wee bit of a, you know, wee bit of panic from the Germans. Uh, they probably just thought. Um, that that vulnerable defence that has been a, a bit of a pattern in the recent months, you know, might get breached again when when you think about the quality that Portugal have. Um, but important for Germany that that they held held on. 
He obviously had the um the offside rocket that hit the post as well. Bernardo Sanchez from, uh, from Sanchez. What, what did you uh, make which, of Bruno Fernandez' performance? Because we talked last night about Harry Kane and Harry Kane looking looking busted and looking knackered. Fernandez literally looks like he's he's not even running fumes anymore. It's like he's just <clears> stuck. You know, like a gear is stuck. Yeah. And he just can't go forward, can't get out of it, can't can't shift up, can't shift down. He's just stuck in a monotonous gear because he hasn't offered anything yet for Portugal. And and when he turns it on, we've seen him turn it on plenty of times Premier League this year. We know how good a footballer is. We we slag Steve all the time about him because he hits so many penalties. But we all know how wonderful a footballer Bruno Fernandes can be. And he he literally... Portugal looked livelier in midfield when he came off. He he looks busted. He looks run into yeah. the ground. <clears throat> and he came off quite early too. Mm. Um, I think you said in the group um, that they should bring <laughs> Bruno Fernandes on, um, which I know was a dig at Steve, but also it was true. You oh, know, he uh, he um, he didn't have for for. Watching Premier League all season and seeing how much of an influence he had on that Man United team, like without him, they would be in, you know, serious diffs, maybe mm-hmm. not even, um, getting in the top four this season. That's how important he's been. Um, but he, he just, he, he couldn't get into the game. He, he wasn't usually for United as well. You know, he shows a lot of energy. He, run, he runs so much for, for an attacking player. He, he gets back so much. Um, haven't really seen any of that in the first couple of games from him, and yeah, it's very. It's it's a good point you make about Kane because it's very similar sort of performances we're seeing from them. Um, not that they're doing anything particularly wrong, or they're or they're playing bad or missing chances or anything. It's just that there's no energy in their performance, and as a result, you know. They're they're not having the the positive impact on the game that we normally see from them, and they they probably are tired. I think that was evident across Portugal's midfield. They took four of their five midfielders off, um, so that tells you how much running about they had to do, and, and probably running back. Yeah, Ronaldo was the only sort of forward player out of that five um, that stayed on the pitch for for ninety minutes. So. They got a proper run around and um they'll um they'll probably have another tough game um when they when they play France on Wednesday night. Yeah, I would fear for them now that they're gonna end up with three points and I know they got three last time with three points and they end up winning it. It might be enough, but the way some of the groups are now starting to shape up, there's a couple of them are gonna certainly two or three two teams at least are gonna end up with four points. So it could be a sweat on for them, and it's going to be the finishing group game. So the men, the men know what they need to do. But that game now on Wednesday night, that is absolutely mouth-watering. I'm glad it ended the way it did today, because it's left that group. Like, still, France still have to do something. They can't just sit in their laurels and try and um, get through the game. They have to go and do something that game. So that, that game on Wednesday night is going to be class. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope Portugal can put it up to France. I hope it's a great game. Yeah, I hope Bruno Fernandes can find some form too. And but Ireland should maybe just uh Santos should just like rest him now. <laughs> Put him in an ice bath or something. Yeah. Um, for three or four days and get him ready. But um yeah, that's gonna be class. And and also on 
on um, Germany tonight as well. Like, and you touched on on Havertz, touched on Gosens. Like, Yogi Love and, and including me was getting dogs abuse all day because the team news was coming out again that he was going to play Kimmich at fullback that Kimmich didn't want to play there and he was going to do this and this and people weren't happy with it and it was like a completely different Germany came out from the minute from the first whistle they were at Portugal right until the end and it was so pleasing to see the Thomas Muller that we all love and adore back doing doing the business for Germany in the national team again because he led that team from start to finish he was constantly talking to them constantly getting them through the game he was everywhere Kimmich was everywhere from full back as well I know he hates playing the position but he was superb at times tonight Gosens rightfully got man of the match because he was different gravy but a brilliant brilliant performance and a real eye opening performance and as well for England and Scotland's group maybe they were especially England were relying on maybe finishing second or whatever and, and avoiding uh, possibly the second place or third whatever it was and or getting even first and thinking oh, second or third place in Group F mightn't be that bad those three teams have all shown in that group that when they turn it on they can pretty special so yeah. like, it's, it's shaping up to be such a last 16 I think now it's gonna, some of the games are going to be brilliant yeah it's a, a really good point you make about Muller I think he I noted today that he took off Gnabry Gunduan um, Havertz, Goosens, kept Muller on, and that's twice. You know, uh, you would think him being older and, um, you know, an important player, maybe wanting to save him for for certain games, um, maybe manage him a bit in this tournament because you know it's tough, but it shows how important he is, how much of a an influence he, he is when he's on the pitch because mm. a lot of those players around him are young, and. It's um you could see when when Havertz got his goal, Muller was he, he celebrated with him, but he was straight in his ear, and I think he was saying to him to to get into those positions, to get in between the goal and in, into that number nine position because Gnabry likes to drift, um and the, you know Muller's been pulling out and playing some some great passes, especially today. I thought he was fantastic, um but yeah, he's a real leader um up the top end of the pitch there for. For Germany, and he's he's super important for them going forward. Yeah, they'll they'll be up against Hungary in in Munich, um, <coughs> as we said earlier. And I fancy Germany to, to do the business there, and they end up winning this group and coming out of it handy enough in the end. Which uh, after the first game, not many people give them many chances. Um, speaking of many chances, many many chances missed. Unfortunately, even though we did score the night, Spain have just finished and they just drew with Poland. Um, another. Uh, Stale performance from Spain. Yeah. Murata did get his goal, um, and I'm glad he did. And it was a nice moment when he ran to Luis Enrique to celebrate afterwards. But it was just once again, pass, 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 pass. Now Chesney made a brilliant save. Pardon me, right at um, Murata's feet. Moreno did miss a penalty, and pardon me if I just burp in the microphone, folks. But I had pizza and nachos from dinner because Sarah isn't here, and I'll do what I want. Nice. Um, now. Just before we move on, Sergio Ramos is elite at taking penalties. I'm just saying, alright, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, he's elite at taking penalties. What happens when Spain get a penalty? They miss, and he's not there. You can guarantee he had a voodoo doll, and he was stabbing it to death whenever Jared Moreno was stepping up to take that penalty. There was not a chance in hell he was having Spain score that with him not being there. They miss, Morata missed the open goal. 
Um, Poland has just equalised Lewandowski, Lewandowski, um, got his goal. Really weird performance, Brent, and again from Spain. Like you look at them sometimes, and, and you get into the game thinking this is Spain, the European Championships, what we have been used to seeing them over the last number of occasions through the business, and then they turn up, and then you realise actually, you know what, this Spain aren't all that. Yeah, um, I in our preview pod they were my pick for um, for the flop. Uh, I just really the lack of a number nine. Um, you know, a goal. I mean, goals score proper goal scoring number nine. Um, the lack of you know a, of creative players and yes, of creative players, but I mean like creative players who go past someone um, or who pass you know behind the defence um, not enough of it you know over the two games 1,624 passes over the two games um, and they had 86% possession against Sweden and then they had 77% against um, Poland and those two games between the two games 10 shots on target that's it but with all those stats, just it tells you, you know by watching it. But the stats as well, like back it up, they tell a story. Um, they do just, not lie, sir. No, they do not lie. It, it, it's um, it's it's hard to watch. I think you know it's um, it's as you say, it's not the Spain we know or we're used to. Um, no, I don't know how hard it is to watch, listeners. I fell asleep and missed the goal. <laughs> <laughs> I was here on my own, um, my beautiful wife is away on a hen do, and I hope you have a brilliant night, McKeeve, on your hen, it's uh, first chief bridesmaid on, and I'm here alone, Flynn's upstairs sleeping, I got myself up comfy on the sofa, had my pizza, I'd had my nachos, I was drinking um, some Coca-Cola, and um, just was texting you, Brent, actually, about the golf and different things, and then passed out, and then Spain scored, and the TV roared, and uh, I woke up, and Morata had had scored the goal, and that was what's going on. So, yeah, it, they are very, very hard to watch. Um, I, I, I said it on the other night after the game against Sweden, and it isn't me being just Liverpool bias here, but uh, play, play, play Thiago. Get, get yeah. Thiago in there. They, they were missing a leader tonight. Busquets is only just coming back from COVID. He, he will hopefully be fit for the Slovakia game. Thiago is a leader. Cesc Fabregas did in a preview for BBC before the game. Um, sorry, I just saw on the screen there. Roy McIlroy's going to 300 in the US Open. Um, Cesc Fabregas did a thing on before the game. He talked about Thiago. This needs to be maybe your tournament, Thiago. Come and grab it. And take it on because you've shown how good a player you've been at club level, but you haven't done it yet for the national team. And my understanding, like from watching Thiago this year at Liverpool, is that he doesn't hide from these type of situations. He goes and gets into it. Now he hasn't always been unbelievable at times, and he will make mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but I this game was crying out for him to come on and just take the game by the scruff of the neck and dictate things. There were too many times they were passing it, one or too many passes. Then going out wide to Lorente had a decent enough game for them, but they're going out, out wide for for Lorente. And then the ball's coming in the box, nobody's attacking it. And you just get him in beside Pedri, get Koke or Rodri out of there, no disrespect to the lads. Let them two 
dictate the game for Spain and, and I think going forward then you will see a little bit of a difference. There isn't enough there for them to win this tournament. But no. he needs to change it. And maybe Busquets will be back. I mean, if he had COVID, I don't know if that's advisable to come back and play straight away, even if he does say he's fully fit. But Thiago was there. Um, another one there as well, and people will laugh at this because we watch the Premier League. Adama Traore is there. Like, bring him on with 15 minutes to go. That's when he strikes fear in people. Because yeah. you know oh. he's going to take you on. Yes, people laugh at him because he might run on straight lines or he might have the head down and in this space of passing, he'll be greedy. But he'll strike fear and he'll offer something different. And another thing as well to finish off my run, as well as Morata did do tonight and get his goal, and as well as we all want to see him do well, it's pretty damning that when you need a goal, that your manager takes you off and you're not injured. I, yeah. It's, so. um, it's, you're right when you say about, um, Traore. You know, I look at that Spanish bench and, you know, I don't see a lot that inspires me to, you know, if you're, if you're looking back at it. There's not much fear on that bench. No, nah, you, you wouldn't. You know, get too much inspiration if you're Lewis Enrique looking back at that bench and thinking who can change this game for me or who can come on here and, and score me a goal. You know, um, just yeah, just just kind of flat. I've, I've, that's what I would say about Spain so far. And you know, two two draws and they're you know they if they don't sort of buck their act up. Um, they're going to be they out. Could, they, they could be out. Yeah. They really could be out. Because uh, set a draw again against Slovakia or, or get beat, you know, they're definitely not going to go through in third with, with two points if they get beat. So, uh, or maybe even three points, you know, depending on how it checks out. So if they don't come out of a group of Sweden, Slovakia and Poland, that's, that's trouble for, for Spain. Yeah, that would be, you would imagine... <laughs> A bit of trouble for Luis Enrique too. Um, but it's good for Poland. Keeps this group alive as well. Like anything can still happen in this group now. Um, I think Sweden and Mona is guaranteed to go through. But their position in the group uh, pardon me, is not guaranteed. I don't think so. It's all to play for. Sweden will be up against um, Poland. I think that game was in St. Petersburg. Uh, yeah. and On Wednesday night. And um, Slovakia go to Seville take on Spain um, and a must win game really for Spain uh, a draw I don't think is going to be enough um, so a must win game for them and some of and Slovakia will know they can dig in deep they've they stunk the gaff out of Belfast that night against Northern Ireland and got the result they know how to do it and I know Northern Ireland's never not proposition in Spain but they did it against Poland so really interesting to see how that group turns out the, the groups are shaping up nicely now to actually finish on the last day with stuff to play for so We'll see how that goes. One group that is finishing though, and it's finishing tomorrow, um, is the Group A. The two leaders in the group, Italy and uh, Wales, face off uh, in Rome to see who goes through as group winners. And then um, it is Austria, uh, Turkey, sorry, against Switzerland to see who can come through in uh, in third place. Turkey with no points, Switzerland with one. So. Two decent enough games with a lot riding on it. How do you see the 
the Turkey Switzerland game going. Brent wants to know, and we have talked about it enough times, what you tip Turkey to do. They just haven't shown up, but they still have one last chance. Now, three points will be tight for them to go through, but it's all they can hope for. Yeah, it is. Um, but uh, I, I think they've just been so poor, and the you know the three points probably won't. Well. Who knows? But it it might not be enough, and I think Switzerland know probably if they if they win, they will go through with, with four points. You would think, even you know whether it be in, in second or third, that's going to be enough to to get them through as a third place team with four points. When you look at some of the other groups, you would think. Um, so I think they'll be going all out. To, to try and win that game from from the word go, it could be quite an open game, you know, because <clears throat> you know Turkey have nothing to lose now. They've no points. Um, they've they've been piss poor in in two games, um, and you know we we need to see something from them. And, and sometimes you see that from from a a team who are maybe on the edge of going out, and suddenly they just you know throw a um, <clears throat> just throw a performance in. Um, so I think it probably will be quite an open game. Um, Switzerland as well were quite impressive against Wales in the first game. Wales probably lucky to to get a draw from that game. Switzerland had you know more of the ball, it had more chances, um, and then they were they were taken apart badly, as you know a lot of teams probably will be in this tournament. Uh, so yeah, I think Switzerland. If we're if we're just going on form, Switzerland probably have a bit more quality. Um, certainly up top, um, Mbolo has has stood out for them. Um, and if you know if Shakiri can get on the ball and um sort of get out the get out the Turkish defence, which you know has definitely is breachable. Um. We've seen that in, in Turkey's two games. Then, you know, even because a draw probably isn't going to do anything for Switzerland, so they need to win the game. Um, so, and I think we'll we'll probably see that. Yeah, we're going to see. I, I think we'll see. That game has all the ingredients to be utter chaos. Yeah. I think because both teams aren't great. But no, there's a lot riding on it, and it could just be all out, all out warfare actually. So I'm looking forward to that. And the other game is there's been to see who wins it, see who wins this group and goes through as group winners is Italy hosting um, Wales. Has been seen as a big game, and Mancini was actually really nice today talking about Wales. They tried to catch him out and try to get him to call Wales, um, re- refer to them as Stoke, but he he was very polite and brilliant in the way he worded it, basically saying I. He didn't call Stoke any derogatory terms or anything, but he just said how difficult it was to play against Stoke. And Wales will be like that. There's a reason why Wales have been uh, a top and top rated side. I think they're in the top ten for a while as well in the world for a period of time. So he was really good on that. And I'm looking forward to this game too. I think they're not, there's not that much pressure on either team. They know they're going to be through. Italy will probably rest a few players. Wales might and Wales might think let's keep the momentum going and see can we win this group, which would be a stunning. Uh, result for them. So, yeah. How do you see this one going? I, I think I think this one 
Italy will still edge it and come through, but I don't think Wales will be too annoyed, and I don't think they'll disgrace themselves either. Yeah, I think that's that's probably right. Um, Bale, I think, was interviewed today, and he said that they're yeah they're they're going out to win the game. Um, I think they'll they'll probably put out their best side, Wales, um, just to try and continue that that momentum, that good feeling. Um, they're squad obviously isn't as deep as at least in terms of quality um so i think what you know we might see one or two changes maybe the likes of of joe allen will get a rest could see someone like ethan Appadu coming in um just to, to set up the base of that midfield um try and kind of protect the the two the two center halves from um <coughs> from italy Coming through that that middle with um, Insignia, um, especially just running wild, um, but because it's going to be tough, I think for Wales, um, we've seen the quality of Italy, um, the um, fullbacks getting getting forward as well, um, player of the tournament so far possibly Spinazzola um, <laughs> is um, is going to be bombing down as well, so. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be you'll 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 see Don James playing as well. I think for Wales because he's a lot of energy. He can get up and down and chase and um, yeah, it's it's right that you know there's no pressure. Wales will probably still go through if they get beat. Um, so I think they'll they'll kind of go all out to to try and I think we could see something like a score draw here, um, or or at least maybe just edging it just with the. The quality that they have, it's um, it's scary how how good they've looked. Um, but I think it, it should be a good game. That, as you said, both of them really have nothing to lose. It's just um, whether you you want to to top that group. And I think if I can't, I don't have it in front of me. But the top of this group plays the third place team, isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I suppose that's something to to play for. But they're still in the side with Belgium and France, I think. So um, it'll still be a tricky route for them on the way through. That'll be the first of the groups finished. And uh, we only have two games on Sunday, both at 5 o'clock, which is um, quite soul-destroying, actually. Saying we've had this feast of football so far. Um, before we finish off tonight, Paul, we're not going to do one on Sunday evening for you on Monday morning. We're going to do one on Monday evening for you Tuesday morning to cover... Um, all of Group A's action and then the rest of the action in Groups B's and C as they finish off on Monday night. Just to finish off the podcast tonight, there was a new record holder in the Euros. Casper uh, Kozlowski came on for Poland. And he's only 17 years and 246 uh, days old. And he looks older and more of a man than I do. He's an absolute unit when he came yeah. on. Um, and he was really good as well. He, he drove away from... Uh, he drove an attack. He, he he drove a ball out of his own box and away from Spain in injury time and won himself a free kick, which more or less sort of half sealed the game. And he was really good, really composed. And there's been a lot of hype about him, um, coming through. And c- certainly the Polish media and people on all the certain podcasts and talking, talking about quite a lot. So nice to see that for him. He did very well and helped his team get a, a vital point. So. Folks, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, myself and Brenton, the other lads will all be making the returns next week. 
and um, we'll be coming back obviously as I said you'll be out on Tuesday morning for your listen so enjoy the games on Sunday enjoy the games on Monday night you'll see all our stuff on our socials check out all our socials um, and the Football Babble Pod on Twitter and Instagram and check out our podcast just go to your podcast addict uh, I use podcast addict sorry go to your podcast app and just search for the Football Babble Pod you'll find us there um, as I said enjoy all the football Brent do the Patreon link for everyone please Patreon.com forward slash football babble. There you go. Speak to you on Tuesday morning and good luck.